Welcome to the Functional Human Podcast. At the most basic level, human beings need connection and belonging to flourish. The courage to be our true, authentic selves and embrace vulnerability is the gateway to that connection. People often see vulnerability to be weakness, and this goes against everything they've been taught about what it means to be a man. However, by not expressing themselves fully, men, even more than women, tend to suffer silently, which often leads not only to substance abuse, addiction, poor health, and suicide, but also to struggles at home, work, and in relationships. Let's pull the curtain back and be honest about the things that people feel ashamed about, the things that can take courage to face. Let's expose the mystery, because it's not mysterious. It's actually just human nature. Functional fitness training develops the physical attributes people need to meet the actual challenges they will face. My challenge to you is to apply these principles to the entirety of your life. This means training as a whole person to prepare for what we really experience, loss, change, uncertainty, adversity, feelings of worry and doubt. Train to develop the skills of resilience and create the state of mind that allows you to flourish, regardless of circumstances, to enjoy the good life. The functional human approach is to be matter of fact, low key, and even humorous about the human condition. You'll find real people being real about their journey, sharing their wisdom so that we can all get the best out of this life. Welcome aboard. First off, I just wanted to thank you for sitting down with me, Chief. Yeah, I appreciate the time. I know you think a lot about process and how to do things better. I'm curious, like, could you speak to how you might have changed as far as what it means to be a healthier fire chief or to work in your role in a more sustainable way? Uh, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, that I have a, a, a real significant change in my, in my mindset um, since being the fire chief uh, is this notion that you have to be um, on, engaged, present, 24-7, 365. Mm -hmm. So um, I've got to listen to the radio constantly uh, because there might be some call that maybe I should go to or mm -hmm. be, at least be aware of mm -hmm. that you know, somebody had maybe had a, uh, a difficult call. Uh, uh, I should, um, I, I've got to be tuned into email constantly in case somebody sends me an email that right you know about something that's you know pretty critical mm -hmm. um when i take when you take a vacation you, both as an operations chief um any any chief officer rank that i've ever held you, know, you got to stay connected because what if right and um the realization that 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 um looks from the outside uh, for people that might aspire to be the, say, the fire chief. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people, that looks um, not like a lot of fun, <laughs> right? Right. And right. Not, not only that, but um, if, if you're a person that has a good work-home-life balance mm -hmm. uh, in whatever position you're in, the last thing you want to do is raise your hand to come into the office and and be bombarded with a job that you can't get a you can't get a break from mm -hmm. 
And if you watch somebody slowly erode over time, mm-hmm. you know, like the president, you, that's all. That's oh, all with the gray hair, they yeah. go in with no yeah, gray hair. Yeah, they go in, they, they look great, they come out, they look like they're on chemo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that doesn't look very appealing. And the other thing is, it, it frankly isn't very healthy. And it, it's almost contrary to what, we, what we're, we're preaching consistently about um, taking care of yourself. Right. I, I mean, we, we constantly talk about uh, this is a... Um, this is not a hundred meter dash. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it is a um, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. You got to take good care of yourself. You got to be balanced. You got to when you get away from work, you've got to you've got to set work aside so that you can be with your family. You can be a dad or a mom or mm-hmm. mother or sister, whatever. And then here you are leading the organization, and you're and you're modeling exactly the opposite. Yeah. Right. And 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 you think that um, that that's the job. Everybody's got to know that um, you're totally available all the time because you're the fire chief. Uh, and uh, it's like um, thinking that, that um, as a firefighter that you can fix everything and then realizing at yeah. some point in time in your career that you can't fix yourself or you can't or something that you can't fix means you're failed. Right. And, and you can't come to grips with it. Exactly. So um, it's the, one of the neat things about about being. Um, one of your questions was, "How long have you been, you know, in this career?" And it, I'm in my 37th year. One of the neat things about that is, I don't feel I feel like I'm done proving stuff to other people. Like, like I that's I great, right? Like I don't feel like I need to show up, prove anything to the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I need to prove anything to the firefighters if they don't, you know, if somebody from the outside looking in is like, "Oh, he took he took four weeks off and on vacation," you know, did he not care what was happening back here? Yeah, absolutely, I care. Um, that's why I've got an executive team that's the best in the country. I mean, I, I, that's why I moved Toby upstairs. That's why mm-hmm. you know, that's why I promoted the people that I have. That's you know that's why we have um, uh, an outstanding staff, and, uh, and it, they can they're fine without me. Yeah, um, and it doesn't mean that I'm not necessary or, or that um, it's you know what the job that I do isn't important. What it means is that um, in order to continue to do that job. I have to unplug for a while. It sounds like acknowledgement that you're not a machine, that you're actually a human being with a finite amount of energy and yep. time and skills and willpower. Yes. Yeah. And and, um, and and the realization that to be the best, if I'm going to be the best me to lead the organization, uh, I got I got to be more than one dimensional. Um, I can't have I, I can't have the job be my life, my hobby, everything that I think about on my days off, and once in a while I attend a soccer you know game right. with a grand grandkid or something with, like that. Right, with your radio on. Yeah, with my radio <laughs> on. Yeah, re- ready to respond or to you know, answer a phone call. Exactly. And and you can for me it, um, it, it's been nice because uh, um, I found ways to set up. Um, uh, Communication avenues. If something really, really needs my attention, mm-hmm. then then folks can get a hold of me. So, I, I when I told my executive team when I left, I am probably not going to check my emails every. I might not even check them for a week. Um, if you need me, um, I always have my phone with me. Call me or text me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and what that means is you really need me, right? Because otherwise. Um, 99.9% of the stuff that happens you can handle without me because you're going to have to handle it without me when I retire and won't be here anymore anyway. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the more important part about that than you know, me being present all the time is, is for 
um, there to be good communication and folks understand what the objectives are and they're shared. They're yeah. not just mine. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's been really freeing this last um, last year sabbatical and then, then the, just this recent vacation and even the day-to-day -day things, you know, that things that typically I, I, I might miss because I feel like I've got to actually physically be in the office, I, I'm better able to balance. I remember right around the merge, and I was in a different role, I was the EMS supervisor, having a discussion with you on New Year's Day. Mm. You were in the office. Go, oh, probably. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, well, you were ops then. Yeah. The ops is a, I, 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 <laughs> I've, I've said yeah. this over my career, and you know, I haven't done just about every job in the fire, de fire department. The only, the only real job that I, that, um, the upper level, chief level job that I haven't done was, uh, was fire marshal. That, um, that my, from my perspective, the operations chief, that's the hardest job. Mm -hmm. Now it's emergency services chief, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, actually now it's, it's better because John's organized that in a way where he's got an operation, somebody in charge of operations, somebody in charge of EMS, somebody in charge of, of special ops, somebody mm -hmm. in charge of training. Mm -hmm. And so the so he's been able to, to kind of shed the operational component to, to Jeff mm -hmm. and, and manage more of the overhead, which um, I think is incredibly healthy. Uh, back, you know, back when we merged operations, the operations chief was, you know, was responsible for um, for everything with with less division of you know division of responsibility and mm -hmm. frankly division of stress. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like like definitely over your career and my career too. Just the the we've had new chiefs, and not to criticize any of the chiefs that were back there twenty years ago, but it's different, right? That was like do what I say, not what I do. Yep. You know, my, and now it's much more uh, an orientation towards why am I, uh, I'm, they realize the obligation, and not just the obligation, but just the huge benefit of explaining why they do things mm -hmm. and showing those limitations. Yep, yeah. yeah. The the fire service changed so much, um, and, and in some ways maybe not so much, but um, yeah. but South Metro um, certainly, uh, one of the real advantages to, to our organization is um, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of, we've got some traditions, but we don't, they're not so steep in the organization that they're really, really difficult to overcome. So um, that kind of traditional leadership model where, you know, I say jump and you say how high would you like me to jump, um, it doesn't really work in today's world. Um, it's too complex uh, um, uh, a world to manage in where when you have to ask your boss and your boss has to ask their boss mm -hmm. you know, what you can do and and you know how to how to um, work through an issue or a problem. It's Plus, it doesn't seem to me that you can ask someone to be a flexible, independent thinker. Mm -mm. But then, at some given time, when you, as their boss, want to just yeah, yep. jam something down their throat, right? Yeah, doesn't work really right. well. It also it also isn't very um, conducive to good uh, succession planning because nobody gets to make a decision except for the fire chief, and right, um, and that's ju that's just silly. So, yeah, how, how did it feel on your four-week vacation? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, um, so, um, one of the things I was talking with, actually, um, it was, I thought it was Kenny Tasker about taking a vacation where you, where you take an extended vacation, right? You just mm -hmm. don't leave for a week and, and how cathartic that, that, that is to do that. And I, and I believe that, too. That's one of the reasons why uh, our, our vacation accrual is is higher than any department I'm aware of, and it likely is going to go up. 
So that's one of the things that we're working with the local on for 2022 and 2023 is to add in some more vacation days um, on top of what we already have. Is I'm a big fan of, of um, separating from the work environment for a length of time, not just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gone for five days or a week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, when you're gone for three or four weeks, you're, you really are able to disconnect because you're not thinking about, okay, I got to go back to work next week or even in two weeks. Right. So um, it was really good. We, the first week of our um, of our vacation was a family reunion. We had our kids, our grandkids, my my sister, um, her entire family. At one point in our in our little lake house in Michigan, we had thirty eight people, um, all on the beach and together. Sounds awesome. It, well, it was just wonderful, and uh, and um, as much as there was a lot of uh, of things going on back here. So um, we had just uh, just hired a new HR director, um, working on hiring a new IT director. Um, those are pretty key positions. Uh, I felt like everything was very well in hand. Um, I, like um, uh, Tobe, you know, Tobe had it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin had it with IT. You know, mm-hmm. we got right people in the right position. We moved Spencer into IT. He's you know he's an, you know amazing. Um, filled the gap the, the, um, of, uh, of um, Paul's departure and, and actually David and, and Jeremy. Um, so um, it's, that's one of the keys is, right, preparing people to be able to move up into position and, and um, mm-hmm. uh, take on more responsibilities when you need them to. So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't worried about what was happening back Good. here. Which is really I'm curious how, just to get, like, because I think I, I talked to you briefly when you'd gotten back from your sabbatical. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man, how badly I needed that. Yep. And it, I mean, is it your feeling like you you waited too long to actually take a sabbatical? Yep. Yeah. And I and I I I knew. I think I shared with you when I signed when I signed uh, my first chief's contract. Um, I talked with the board about about really wanting to take a sabbatical. Uh, and I, th- I think my first contract I, uh, that I signed was seven years ago or so, so I had 30 years on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of it is the operations chief. And, and that's just a, a grinding mill. Operations is hard because it's got most of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people are people. We're all human beings. Mm-hmm. And so uh, some of the hardest things in operations are, are um, uh, the, the people issues, the people the problems, discipline, the discipline. And, yeah, human, re- yeah. Yeah, and make, you know, making sure there's a huge amount of, of uh, you feel a huge amount of stress in order to do the right thing by people that have made this their, their, their life's calling. Right. Right. So when you make a decision um, that affects somebody's employment, um, whether even if it's just a you know a, something like a, a written reprimand or, or or a suspension or something even greater than that, um, it's a big deal, and 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 you, you take a, that's a huge responsibility. And when you when you when you've got five or six hundred people that right. that are employed, you know, it's just a lot of it. Yeah, it seems overwhelming. It can be. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. So, so I knew going into the the, the fire chief job that I was um, I was excited and ready for it, and and uh, I felt like I was well prepared for it, um, but it was still scary, and I'd never done it, and uh, and I'd had a, a pretty long run as operations, and was um, I knew I needed I needed a, a bit of a recharge, and and so that was 
after South Metro and Parker had combined mm -hmm. and, and we had navigated through that and, and I had navigated through that as the operations chief. Now, so is that merger still going to hold the Parker South Metro merger? No, it's probably, it's like on the fence, <laughs> right? Gosh. Yeah. I think we're way past the going to hold. Yeah. That's the, and, and that is really one of the key components of, of our, um, uh, I'll say our consolidation strategy is, is we haven't done any of them where um, afterwards, you know, we're remaining in an authority model where there's a really good possibility right. or any possibility right. where somebody can come in and divide it up. Yeah. Because that's uh, yeah, a horrible business fun. model. But back to how you got into just the just sabbatical? kicking, yeah, kicking the sabbatical, kind of the need for that or not recognizing so, the so, need for it. Well, I knew I needed it and the, and the board was aim amiable toward you know, toward me taking some extended leave. And, and, and the, the concept behind it was that I would, um, I would use some of my own vacation time and some of my own uh, um, holiday time, and the board would give me some administrative time, and I would combine the leave um, w with some personal recharging and also the chance to reflect a little bit away from the fire department on the direction of the fire department. Sometimes yeah. when you're in it, and you're, you're only seeing trees yes. and not the forest. Yes. Mm -hmm. So so I wanted to pull back and really take a look at, okay, where are we going, especially uh, after a consolidation. Right. Uh, um, I'm going to stop you, though, Chief. I want to get to, like, that. How? Why was it? Because I remember you just describing, like, how, like, dysregulated you were. Or when yeah. we're talking the stress continuum, whether you were orange or red. It's like, what was, like, that, that part of it, you that just kept pushing it down? What made it so hard or and then also like where were you where was there a moment when you're like oh come on bob i need i need to do this so you know yeah, what i mean yes yeah. absolutely so uh, let me try and be a, a, a little more succinct so uh when i the moment i i think the moment where i decided okay i'm gonna have to push this back was when we started in conversations negotiations with cunningham and, and littleton about uh -huh. consolidating so uh, that that was just a very, really difficult time to just bail and leave. <laughs> exactly, I would agree. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was just that trumped my need to, to get away. Mm -hmm. And 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 inc incidentally, um, when you're in that, it's it's a, for me that's exciting, right? So mm -hmm. um, you're, you're while it's a lot of stress. There's also an awful lot of excitement and enthusiasm about being able to to navigate through that and and um, form a larger fire department that takes better care of people and takes better care of the firefighters. So there's there's a lot of positive energy around that. Yes. And and um, and it almost made me kind of forget about that I was a little tired. Mm -hmm. So um, while you're in it, um, it's like it. I'll equate it to um, if you're on the second day of your of your 48 and and you and you pull a fire and it and it's exciting and there's a lot going on and and you can get through it because you know it's your first yeah, fire in six months and right right a lot of stuff happens it's exciting um, mm -hmm. you know it's really kind of cool so it was like that through that negotiation process and navigating through the consolidation and then um, as as we kind of wrap that up. It's like it's like the post fire. Oh wow! I can't believe how I'm really tired. Right. <laughs> right. That took a lot out of me. Um, at the same time that was happening, um, I had um, several losses, personal losses. Mm -hmm. um, it started off with Jim Babylon taking his own life. Yep. 
Um, it, um, it went from that to uh, my nephew dying of a heart attack in his early 30s, um, Jim Drummond's um, mm -hmm. cardiac arrest uh, and, and subsequent death, um, uh, Mike Freeman. Um, yeah, a lot I mean, of weighty stuff. A lot of weighty stuff, right? Uh, Troy, Troy's health um, starting to de deteriorate. Mm -hmm. So, so now it looks like the consolidation is 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 gonna gonna happen, and that was like a three-year process. A Littleton, it took a year le longer than Cunningham, and so you're coming off the back end of all that kind of exciting, mm -hmm. um, really meaningful work, and and realizing that you know you're just you've been burying people my sister passed away my father-in-law wow. I mean, literally half a dozen people really really close to me all, all gone and um, and then on top of that you know Troy's cancer you know was really um, uh, taking a toll on him and and so what I had planned to do was to take the sabbatical after we had Put together the the consolidations. I thought, okay, that'll be a good time. Things will have settled down a little bit, and we're in, in the process of really starting um, from a new waterline and building culture and, and everything from culture to standard operating procedures and, and uh, uh, policies and all of that. And, and that I might be able to get away. But then with Troy not doing so well, I just didn't feel like I could. Mm -hmm. um, I, and and um, it would have, he would have been on my mind, on my heart. Uh, right. I just didn't feel like I could do it. So, so when he when he passed in December of, of um, 2019, um, almost immediately after that, I thought to myself, I waited too long. I'm, yeah. I'm now. I'm not just knowing I need to get away. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And and we had some there was some conflict with the board. Some other things that were going on where it just made the fire chief job at that that point in time very very difficult so as peer support when we're talking about the stress continuum we like to encourage people to like place yourself on it yep and then just you know explore why you may be yellow you know the green things yep. the red things but also like from a planning perspective to, to like what are your signals of when you're in the orange so to speak yep so what you said is i was broken yep. what how did you, what were the indicators to you like what literally what were your behaviors that you were recognizing or did your wife give you some reflection or some close confidence give you some reflection about you seem to not be not be thriving um so I, she she knew the the stress mm -hmm. that I was under um, both personal and professionally mm -hmm. and, and so I think she you know she recognized that I was that I was um, not doing real great but but she I think she thought well who would who would be right right I mean yeah, yeah it's there's reasons to yes. be depressed sometimes you got a lot of headwinds yeah so I would say that how it manifested itself and how I, I knew that, that, that I was broken was my, um, uh, my patience. Mm -hmm. uh, my level of patience was, was minimal. Mm -hmm. um, my um, ability to go from zero to, man, I'm really pissed off, um, was heightened. Mm -hmm. I, I caught myself kind of into some, in some patterns that I had maybe when I was in my 20s where um where my my temper would flare um mm -hmm. it, it, i was able to control it but 
um, mostly. Mostly. But but, um, but I could tell, you know, I could tell that I was just not at all um, where I where I needed to be. Yeah. So more reactive, more irritable. Yes. Right? Oh, absolutely. And then um, one of the things that I share with people is um, uh, when I got back from my sabbatical leave, so I was gone for nine weeks. When I got back from my sabbatical leave, I opened my right-hand desk drawer, and in it is everything that a fire chief needs to survive. Um, so there's a bottle of ibuprofen, mm-hmm. a bottle of Advil, right? Um, there's um, um, some Mylanta, there's uh, um, um, antacid, Pepto-Bismol. I mean, wow. literally, it's like a pharmaceutical drawer. <laughs> and, and, um, all of the Band-Aids for the stress reaction. All of the Band-Aids, yeah. yep. And what I realized is um, why I knew the sabbatical was so important to me was, um, so that would have been, um, so like September of 2020, or in the midst of, of um, a worst pandemic since the Spanish flu, right? Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, we had organizationally, we had some pretty significant issues going on uh, with funding and um, due to, due to uh, Amendment B, mm-hmm. we were worried about it passing and all of that was going on. Since, since so since September of 2000 and would, would that be 20 mm-hmm. until now it's almost been a year I haven't um, I haven't opened the Pepto Bismol I haven't popped a Mylana I haven't taken an ibuprofen in almost a year wow. and I was I was routinely weekly taking something interesting and, and and I haven't I haven't had a headache in a year what's the difference. Um, so the difference is um, during and in a, in a pretty high stress period, right? The difference. Well, I mean, a pretty high stress job, right? You're running is. a large organization with a lot of people looking at you and expectations that are both realistic and totally unrealistic. Yep. Yeah. You're the figurehead for probably everything that goes wrong in some people's eyes. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 So so um, it's really simple. What the difference is is um, I followed my own advice. So I've been telling I've been telling our firefighters. Uh, you got to stay. You got to stay physically fit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important, right? You got to find time to work out. You got to time find time to take care of your physical, mm-hmm. your physical self. Um, for me, I need to. I needed to stay, stay spiritually centered. So um, I, I have a couple of devotionals that that I had routinely been going through, and I hadn't been doing that at all. Mm-hmm. So um, morning time for me is a time um, for um, just reflection and um, prayer and. Um, a devotional that I do, and I wasn't doing any of that because I was, I, I felt like I, I'm too busy, I gotta get off to work, right? Yeah. So I would get up early, early in the morning. Sometimes I would be here, a lot of times I would be here before Barb and she was getting here at six. Um, I would go stop off at Starbucks, grab a cup of coffee, you know, get into work. Um, I wasn't working out. Um, I had gotten up to, I think at my, uh, my highest weight, I was um, about 250. Wow. And um, you know, I'm six foot six, so yeah. I mean, you carry that well. I carry it okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are you now? Uh, two ten. All right. So I got. I to think th- when I talk to young, just to interrupt, like yeah. young firefighters, like like we're retire with the same belt size. Should be a goal. Yes. Well, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to do that because I think when I when I hired on the fire department, I was 185 pounds, which is yeah. I guess if you're a bean pole, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no, there's no. Right. I, I don't even want to be that belt right. size anymore. But, but you weren't taking your own advice of being no. physically fit, connected to something larger. I know, I know you're a religious person. I'm not, but I yep. think that whole spirituality, health is just a connection to something larger that's meaningful for you, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, um, 
and finding a balance where, um, where family and friends and, and your home life really is a priority and isn't just a leftover from whatever extra time that you have once mm-hmm. you, you complete your workday. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that's, that's probably a, um, a bit not bittersweet isn't the right word, but um, kind of the weird things that happened to me uh, that, that helped, that really helped me gain some traction was um, having COVID and double pneumonia right when I got back from my sabbatical leave. Hmm. So I get off a of sabbatical in September. Um, I started feeling pretty good. I started working out again, and then mm-hmm. I and then I got um, I got COVID and double pneumonia in November, and I was sick for about three and a half weeks. Uh, four negative COVID tests. Um, never had a positive COVID test. Mm-hmm. Uh, only reason why I would know it was COVID is because they did an ultrasound here at the fire department and had it read at Denver Health, and um, I have it. And I had didn't have an took an antibody test um, when I got back off sabbatical leave and then didn't have antibodies and, and after being sick for three and a half weeks, then I, now I do. Mm-hmm. So, so that really encouraged me to, to kind of step up um, the, my, my physical fitness. I'm like, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, we tell our folks be harder to kill and, um, and it, it translates to fire chief too, right? Yeah. I, I want to be more resilient physically, mentally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, um, I was disappointed with myself for having been preaching how important it was, all this stuff, and mm-hmm. then not doing it myself. Yes. So, um, so I, started, I started just taking, like I said, taking my own advice. And so, yeah, I think, you know, what I, what I see a lot of the trap of firefighters, because you mentioned it earlier that we are looking to control all these things. Yep. And the acceptance that you can only control so many things. And what it sounds like to me in a way is, is you refocused on the things that you could control and then just let those other things take care of themselves. Yeah. Showed up healthier, spiritually healthy, you know, had some boundaries in your life. I mean, part of that spiritual health, right, is the, is the balance of work. Like, I'm going to leave work and connect with my family and that social health. Yep. So, yes, it is. Yeah, just focus on what we can control. Yeah, and Except the, and, that most and, of it's beyond it. Yeah, and the other stuff, um, you, you can find ways to you can find ways to impact uh, things, uh, and if you can't, then um, why be anxious about them? Yeah, um, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. So that sound, was that a real big change for you from your sabbatical? Yeah, um, I would say um, recognizing that I that um, it's okay for me to uh, trust other people. Um, and, and during my sabbatical, uh, Vince Turner, Chief Turner, was the acting fire chief, to trust other people to be able to maintain the organization without me having to check in every other day. Right. So that was big thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, the, and for me, it took getting to the point where I, I wasn't emotionally, spiritually able to check in. Like mm-hmm. I, I had to check out. Or, or um, what I tell folks is, um, I know that there were some uh, some folks that felt uh, like I kind of abandoned donkey. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you're taking a sabbatical leave. Mm-hmm. You know what? The worst time in the world for you to take a sabbatical leave is mm-hmm. in the middle of this pandemic. And, and my response is that's not the worst time in the world. The worst time in the world would have been, um, um, I'm on sabbatical leave, and and I'm not able to to. Um, deliver a eulogy for Troy. 
mm-hmm. or I'm on sabbatical leave and I'm not able to deliver a eulogy for Jim Babylon, mm-hmm. or I'm on sabbatical leave and I'm not able to talk with the city council about our consolidation. I mean, throughout the seven years of being a fire chief, when is a good time? When, yeah. you know, when do I have, when is there nine weeks where there's not something, something gonna happen. Going, at, going on? Yeah. So I, I tell folks, I, I was gonna be on leave I, I was either sabbatical mm-hmm. leave or or um, or I would have medical out. leave or something. I, yeah, I would I would have. There's no way I would I would have made it another three and a half. Or actually, when I took sabbatical, it'd be four and a half years. No way. <laughs> so I'm laughing. Um, you know, you and I know each other probably as well as we can, being a firefighter and a chief. But um, I probably shouldn't say this to you, but. I didn't even know you were on sabbatical. Oh, a lot of a lot of people yeah. didn't probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, that's a great compliment because what that means is that um, there was no appreciable, like yeah. I mean, it lo- doesn't diminish what you do and like all the things no. that I think you brought, but it's just like, no. uh, I know people really struggle with that. You know, in peer support, we talk uh, because people get, will get injured, right, and they feel like they're forgotten or what they'll say a lot, which is funny, is like, well, somebody was in my seat. It's like, well, there's two people, right? There's Ben O'Brien, who is the human that, you know, feels taken care of and connected. And there's also my employee number, 1171, and my bid seat on station, you know, on engine 11. Yep. And if 1171 is gone, then there's going to be another number in that seat. Somebody that doesn't mean, there. yeah, somebody else will be there. So um, th- that's interesting you should say that because because I think one of the reasons people are reluctant to take to take time off is they're afraid that somebody might recognize that they're not absolutely essential to the organization. <laughs> and and that's one of the turning points for me is, I already know I'm not absolutely essential to the mm-hmm. organization. And so, and if I leave and, and stuff falls apart here, man, what a lousy leader you got there. I mean, they're not yeah. even preparing for their own exit. You know what strikes me as something really poignant is there are people in your life to whom you are absolutely essential. Yes, they are. Right. Yep. And what the trap that, you know, it sounds like you've fallen in and we all fall in is we end up like sacrificing that time and that connection with them to something else where you're not even essential. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of, one of the really uh, um, visceral moments uh, of my, um, my, my 37 years in the fire service was when the um, operations chief for Parker uh, Fire Protection District, John York, when I took over for him and he left, mm-hmm. um, and he was clearing out, and I, I loved Johnny, wonderful guy, he was clearing out his office, and he had boxes of stuff that he was just throwing in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. And he was going through and telling me, well, this was this thing that, that I did. It took me like four months, and we never really even used it. Chucked it, you know, this mm-hmm. three-ring binder into the, mm-hmm. into the dumpster. And this is something that we thought we were going to do, and we never really did. He went through a bunch of stuff that at the time seemed like absolutely critical, that never really added value to the organization, but mm-hmm. but at the time it seemed like it was really important to do. And I just watched him go through his 20-some year career of pictures and awards and three-ring binders, and it was reduced to that. And if you've ever been to like an estate sale, mm-hmm. um, there's a really weird feeling that you get as you walk through someone's home and they're, and they're um, liquidating it. Like their whole life is on display in front of you, um, mm-hmm. from pictures to to um, furniture to you know whatever it, whatever is in there stuff they picked up on vacation and and it's just going to the lowest bidder and yes. or the highest bidder and uh, and 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 you think 
with John, I thought to myself, man, he's, he's, he's leaving after 20 some years on the job. Great guy, invested a lot of himself and his heart into the organization. And the day after he left, I was the operations chief and people weren't asking, you know, what do, you, what do they think John, John mm-hmm. would say? They're like, what do you want us to do? And, and, uh, and, it, and the realization that when your career is over, what you have is your family, friends, you know, the people that are close to you, mm-hmm. th- that, those are the relationships that you have to make sure you continue to nurture. Otherwise, you know, you're, one of, you're that, that person that retires and they're, and they're looking around and they're like, I got nothing. R- r- yes. I got nothing. I mean, I, I, the helmet, <laughs> the helmet, and my badge. Yeah, you know, I can't wear them anymore because I got retired on my sleeve, and and I'm looking around, and I, I got no hobbies. I got, um, I, I haven't nurtured the relationships that are important. Yes, and and, and I'm just floundering. I got nothing organizing my life, and getting yes. Out of, yes, I, I, I'm. I, not only am I not afraid of retiring, mm-hmm. um, or or like, is there's this dread? Like, what am I going to do? I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, and at the in a healthy way, and at the same time, I, I so look forward to coming to work every day. That was the other piece I wanted to tell you, Ben, is that in in the spring of 2020, after after Troy passed away, um, and that same year my father-in-law passed away, and and, um, and we were with um, both. I was with Troy um, really close to when he passed, and with my father-in-law when he passed away. Uh, it, then then fast forward to the spring of 2020 and I'm just, you know, I'm broken. I'm in the orange, mm-hmm. you know, probably back and forth between red and orange mm-hmm. and, and, um, exhausted mm-hmm. and, and thinking, man, I, I don't even want to come to work. Yeah. And I have never, I had never in my entire career felt that way in any job I've ever had in the fire department. Once in a while, you you, right. know, you don't want to be there, it's a nice day outside or something. But never like wake up and think, I don't really want to go to work. Yeah, on a regular basis, wake up and say, yeah. work is not the place I want to a be. A couple of days a week, I felt like that. Mm-hmm. And I had never really felt that way in my entire career. And I thought and I thought to myself, well, that the, the organization deserves somebody that wants to be there, mm-hmm. not that's gutting it out, you know, to make it for the remainder of their contract. I, I just won't be that person. And so um, if this sabbatical leave doesn't fix me, I'm going to have to have a real difficult conversation with the board. Like, I can't, can't do it. Can't do it. And, uh, um, and, I, and when, I, when you're having multiple days of I don't want to be here, mm-hmm. you, you have to face that and say, well, then you got to fix something. Yeah. Either you got to leave and get somebody in here that really wants to be here, or you have to, or you have to f- figure a way out of the rabbit hole so that you can be the guy that shows up and loves to be at work. Yeah, I'm bur- that's the topic of burnout. Is it a, a different perspective, I guess, when you, you figure out? Well, well, for me, what I realized is that, like, now being a firefighter, so that's my rank, um, and having 24 years on, the job itself is, is still fascinating. There's still so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, picked up a couple new things at the training last week. But it, like intellectually, I don't feel like it's a big demand on me. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is, is that you, this, you'll love this. I'm not saying to Brown knows you, but just like serving other people. And now I get to just serve junior officers. I get to serve rookies. I get to serve medics, you know, because I, I did that for 
you know, over a decade. And so mm -hmm. that's where it's really fun is to, what I've realized is when I can, I broaden my scope of what is satisfying at work. So I don't need to run a structure fire or I don't need to cut somebody out of a car or something, but I, I can just show up and help people out and try and be positive, mm -hmm. positive performance. Like, wow, that's a winner because there's tons of opportunities to oh, do yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, that's, well, that's, a, that's an Albert Schweitzer quote, right? Of finding the opportunities to serve, that's, that's mm -hmm. life. I mean, it, literally, it's the it's what you what how you find meaning in life mm -hmm. is um, finding ways to be of service to other people, and uh, you know you can't you can't serve from a vacuum. So uh, if you're not taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. there's there's no way for you to have anything to give to anyone else. Mm -hmm. So th that's the key, that's one of the keys, right? Um, you, you have to take care of your own your own physical, spiritual, mental health in order to be a whole person in order to be able to, to, to be at, uh, in the service of other people. And there's no, there's no better um, feeling than, um, than finding a way to take care of a, you know, another human being, or in, the, in my case, you know, 750 of right. them or 550,000 of them. And I think the key message that it's not lost on like firefighters in general and you know, officers is that you had to take care of yourself first to be able yep. to increase your capacity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't be all sacrifice. No. No. Then. Then. And because um, if it is, not only won't you be healthy, but you'll be bitter, you're resentful. There's a lot of things that go along with that. You'll mm -hmm. feel like put upon. Uh, um, it's. Um, it's not a healthy position to be in. Mm -hmm. Chris Benford and I were just talking about that, because I had that same reaction when I was burned out. Just resentment towards the department. It mm -hmm. just kind of feels like. Uh, it was hard for me, and it still is, to articulate, but I just feel like it's kind of like violation, but you're not really giving, you're not taking enough responsibility for your own response and your perspective yes. is what it was for me. It's self-violation that you then blame the organization yeah. for. Yeah, I was the instrument of my own suffering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I have been there. I have been there where, where, you're, where you feel like um, if, I, if anybody else calls me, if, if anybody else gives me their problem, if I get one more email from a concerned citizen or one more phone call from a board of director, I'm just going to blow up, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's not their problem. That's, that's a problem of, of um, operating in a vacuum and, um, and believing that you're irreplaceable or, um, or not, um, not being strong enough to, to set up boundaries. For, and bound, I hate the word boundaries. Set up... Um, uh, uh, Really I like the word boundaries. Do, do, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 so I guess we we'll go with that. So um, almost, almost um, this, this kind of setting yourself up for no, almost you could predict it, but, but you don't bother to look at it to where um, you get to that point that you're, you're not, you're not healthy for yourself or your family and, and you're not, um, you know, you're not the the leader or the or the employee or whatever that the organization needs. There's an awful lot of fire chiefs that I that I've seen that get to the end of their career and they're bitter. Um, they feel like they're not appreciated. Um, they have this lousy relationship with labor because those guys are always asking for something. Mm -hmm. It's kind of their job. Yeah. Right. They're supposed yeah. to. They're supposed to be representing you know uh, people that pay dues for mm -hmm. them to ask for stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, nobody appreciates me. I got to be here all the time. Um, it's 
there was one fire chief that I was talking to that, that um, was feeling, um, after my sabbatical leave, they're like, gosh, I wished I could take time off like that. Because uh, uh, I'm just burnt out. I'm like, well, how much vacation time do you got? Oh, gosh, you know, they allow us to accumulate our vacation. I think I've got like 500 hours of vacation time. I'm like, well, what is keeping you from taking the time? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I just don't feel like I can get away. Do you feel like you, you haven't prepared anybody under you um, to be able to, to be the fire chief? No, no, I got a couple of guys I think that would be really good. Well, give them some rope and, you know, let them, mm-hmm. you know, let them do the, their thing for a while. Get, get, one For one thing, if you, if you take off for an extended time, use some of your vacation time, let the organization know you're not irreplaceable. Like, like yeah. Like how well, that's them, right? They're, that's where they have to come to that new understanding and acceptance that, hey, wait a minute, I'm not irreplaceable. And mm-hmm. I think it comes, I think you mentioned it earlier, is that flexibility you need to identify as more than the fire chief. Yes. Yeah. The dad, the uncle, brother, sister, whatever. Yeah. The hard conversation is y- y- you don't really want to take time off. Yeah. Because, because if you do, um, y- you're going to come to the realization that, you know, eventually when you leave, somebody else is going to be doing this. And, and that conversation's with yourself. Yes, right? yeah. yeah, yes. Your, your value's wrapped up way too much in, you, know, you just put your uniform on and came into work. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that stuff, that's hard to fix unless somebody comes, uh, comes to that realization themselves. And, and as you get closer to, for me, as I get closer to retirement, I don't want the job to look like, uh, to look like you have to, you know, have to give an, an, you know, an organ in order to, mm-hmm. to be the fire chief, you know, just pick which one. Liver, liver, right. You only got one liver, so don't give that. Maybe right. a kidney, because yeah. you got two of those. Um, no one from the outside looking in wants to do that unless they're already so out of balance that that looks appealing to them, right? So it's yeah. already my life. Well, they're, now, yeah, they're losing so much from losing their job and that identity that they'll give up even more not to experience that loss. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, so you got to create something positive to move forward. Yes, yeah. And working around somebody that is that, that, that one-dimensional um, is very stressful for people around them because they feel like they can never measure up. Like no matter how early I get mm-hmm. here, um, he's already here earlier. No matter how late I stay, he's always the last one to leave. Like, like uh, somehow that expectation is then tra- uh, translated or, 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 or commuted to the mm-hmm. people around you where everybody feels like they've got to... You know they've got to they've got to meet whatever it is you're doing in order for you you to feel like they're doing a good job yeah. and it's just not. Do you think it's stressful too? Because when you I what I would sense is that seems like a very fragile way to be. You mm-hmm. know, so if you're around someone who seems fragile, uh, then that's stressful as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't. I, I think sometimes um, people admire that. That in, in, in a person that's driven so so you know so much to to be, you know that invested in whatever they're going to do, like they're driven so much to be Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. or they're driven so much to be, um, oh gosh, who's the guy that passed away from Apple? Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, right? Like the, 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 that's everything that they're just you know totally consumed by it. And on the outside looking in, it's like, wow, you know that that's success. <sighs> Yeah, I uh, learned this term a while back of being careful to compare your insides with other people's outsides. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I don't. Did you watch that Michael Jordan documentary? 
so I've had a dozen people that have that have um, said, "God, you got to you got to watch that." As much as I love basketball, I, I don't have a strong interest in watching it. And yeah, I, I'm not going to say you should watch it, what, but what I was thinking about is that, like he was a, a very unpleasant person to be around. Mm-hmm. Like his teammates respected him and admired his talent, but there's not a lot of teammates who liked him. No, I wouldn't say. And no. so that yeah, he's the greatest ever, and yet. What kind of relationships did he have? And I think, and by his own admission, he's like, yeah, not an easy guy to be around. No, it cost him. Yeah. In a lot of, probably a lot of different ways. Right. I, I, I think when you, when you have time to self-reflect on really what you want to, what you want to leave, as you get older, you start to think, you know, what's your legacy going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, you, your legacy, um, if it's about um, like Super Bowl rings or or um, trophies or whatever, that's what you see when that's what you see being auctioned off for like ten cents. Oh, you're right at that estate sale. An estate sale, yeah. Because no one wants your trophy because they didn't earn it, right? And you've got it, and, and so wow, isn't that cool? Um, but what at what cost, right? Yes. Um, I I want my trophies to be my kids, my grandkids, my um, the organization. Um, the leadership in the organization, the community, mm-hmm. that's a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being the best at whatever, um, a lot of times that comes at a huge cost. Well, I think it was in Maya, in Maya Angelou, it says like people will never forget how you made them feel, but they'll forget all those other things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was throwing a fit the other day at work. You know, I just got up on the wrong side of the bed, but we had a bunch of stuff going on and uh, I was being a child, basically, and then I struck this like, like the, the people I'm impacting most negatively are one myself, but the people around me. Mm-hmm. And as media's, immediately when I did that, I'm like, oh, come on, Ben. Apologized. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I was throwing a fit there, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great because, uh, you know, that, that ability to have that, that um, self-reflection is uh, what, I, what I think uh, maturity ends up being is, is the the ability to shorten the time where you behave like a child <laughs> and 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 recognize her that I is mean, that's i like what that it is, yeah right i mean whatever sort of poor behavior you have the you, you as you get older you recognize it sooner mm-hmm. and then in some cases you you actually don't ever even have it because mm-hmm. you recognize it right um well that's and then in a marriage that's a, that's a big deal right yes I, yes. Like I can grab myself now sometimes even before I open my mouth, which take I take a breath. Yeah. yeah. Never when I was younger was I able to do that. Uh-huh. You know, one thing that comes up a lot when talking to firefighters and and these conversations when people have experienced difficult calls, acute stress is that well, I just compartmentalized it. Mm-hmm. Um which is never seeming to be a winning strategy. But I'd just be curious about what your take is. Like I see it, you know, compartmentalizing stuff versus integrating it into a new person. Like, did you fall into that that thought process or that? You know, I, not not too not too much. I'm um, I'm a pretty open sharer, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not that kind of person that you know, if if something really bothers me, that I, I I'm unable to verbalize it or share it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and my, my wife is an amazing sounding board, so I don't have anything that's been compartmentalized away from her. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. Um, I, I don't do that that so much as um, as just being over having a tendency to be overwhelmed. Um, it's almost like um, being washed over by a wave where the waves keep coming more frequently and keep coming stronger and stronger mm -hmm. to where you're just pounded into the sand mm -hmm. and, and you try to you, know, you try to get up and get moving and another mm -hmm. wave hits you. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that, that's more what it has looked like for me when I, when I get um, you know when I get to a point where I'm not healthy and out of balance. Mm -hmm. um, so what's been the, the approach that you've developed? So so one so one thing is um, is not to take some things personally. Mm -hmm. um, that's helpful, uh, and not to take ownership in everything. Mm -hmm. Like somehow or another, I uh, or responsibility for. I, I, I'm ultimately responsible for a lot, mm -hmm. but there are there are some things that that um, I, I, some things I don't have control over, and some things that. Um, um, that I don't, while I have to deal with them, I don't have to own them yes. myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that's helpful. Uh, I don't, I don't like, um, one of, one of, one of, um, the things that I think is a, is a trap for me is I, I don't like not to be liked. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't like when, when, when I'm sideways with someone. Um, and I, and generally I'll make every effort to try and to avoid that or to, to, uh, to fix it. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, you recognize that sometimes that is out, is out of your control and it's not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. and, and, and frankly, it, it, um, um, in many of those situations, it's not your fault. And so um, I, I, I've learned to try to focus less on, um, on wh how, what other people think and more about more on um, knowing that I'm that I'm doing the right thing and just standing on that and, and being okay with that. And it sounds like more like yeah, focusing on your process of what are your values, are you aligned with yep. it, versus the outcomes. Yeah, there's a really there's a really great thing that I read just a little while ago. Um, how how important it is to not worry about your reputation, but to worry about who you really are. Because mm -hmm. many times they're very different. Mm -hmm. um, like people will have this reputation of this, mm -hmm. but it might not necessarily be who they really are. And they work at continuing to make sure that that reputation, you know, is you know, is yeah. upheld. And um, and so um, I, I think I, I I'm worrying less about my reputation and and having resting more in um, a, a uh, confidence that. That sometimes the decisions that you make aren't going to be everybody's not going. If everybody likes them, um, they're probably really not very good decisions. Mm -hmm. And uh, and like, when is that ever going to happen? Ne never. Right. Right. And and that um, everyone doesn't have to like me. Um, who the the people that I want to to uh, like me, um, uh, the people that I want to have that really strong relationship with. Um, mostly are, are my family and my, my friends. And the, the people in the orga this organization, uh, what's important is that they respect the position. 
mm-hmm. uh, and um, and um, it's less about me and more about the organization than the position. And what I find really interesting going back to is just sitting around the firehouse and is that you are at the pinnacle of the organization, you know, just so to speak. And but like still most most stuff that goes on in your day is beyond your control, right? You can't control a lot of the thoughts and feelings. Yep. No. Nope. Yeah. No. No. That that's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you can get wrapped around the axle about the, uh, when you when you when when you're upset or 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 anxious or or concerned about those things that you don't really have any control over. It just takes saps your energy f- from the things that you really can, yeah, can make an impact on. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a it's a as you get older and, and more tenured, it's a great feeling to not have to feel like you have to prove anything to anybody anymore. I just, I just don't feel that anymore. That's great. What are you excited about? I want to wrap it up here. Just sure. keep it an hour. But what are you, what are you excited about retirement? Because what I see a lot of people is, you know, I've heard so much of like, I can't wait to leave here and do nothing. Oh, I'm not. That's not me. No, <laughs> no. I no. didn't think it was. And no. it's not a helpful. That's not a healthy way to be. No. Well, I don't think it is. I mean, there's. Well, it's not. I talk to retirees all the time, and. They say, I left there, it was great for a month or three, and then either my wife told me to get out of the house or I was mm-hmm. wondering what was going on. I mean, we, we don't have to go get another job, but retiring in your mid-50s is, is early retirement yep. by definition, or even 60s, so you got a lot of stuff to do. I do. I'll be, I'll be 60, I think I'll be 64 when I retire, 63 or 64. God, I can't think. I'll, it'll be 2024, 20, and, and so 63... Just turning 64, I guess. Okay. So um, I, I'm excited about retirement, but not because I'm going to be golfing five days a week. Um, I, I don't have that great an affinity for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love being busy. Um, I love working around the house. I love building stuff. I have a wood shop uh, in our garage that's, you know, that is uh, pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. um, that, that um, I, I don't have enough time to be in. I wished I had more time. Uh, I love, um, uh, I, I'm still really active, so I, I still love water skiing and snow skiing and mm-hmm. playing sports, and um, I want to be able to do that with my grandkids. And um, We have a place in Michigan, and there's, um, there's so much to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's, there's, just, there's just an awful lot um, of things that I would like to do, but none of them involve just sitting around. With the exception of, um, I would like to read more. Um, as much as I read now, I'd mm-hmm. like to even read, read some more. Even more. Yeah. And I and I have a really um, a, a neat idea for a for a novel that I've wanted to write for twenty years. Oh, awesome. Yep. So I'll probably I'll probably do that. That um, sounds like growth. Yeah. So you can still grow when you're. Yep. Late middle age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Awesome. Anything else you want to leave with the whole? No. No, not really. I, I um, you know, organizationally, I, I, um, I feel like the, uh, the. But personally, like message out there to like oh. young firefighters, or like even maybe even people that are five, ten years out from leaving from the department. Yeah, I, I would say, um, I, I would say if you're five or ten years out, kind of take a um, take stock of where you're at, and and maybe think about what well, what am I gonna what am I gonna do when I retire. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I gonna? Um, what do I like to do? And if you can't think of anything other than you know coming in and 
and working. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's time to start exploring mm -hmm. you know, what what really um, what really you love mm -hmm. to do other than just the fire service, right? So I know that it's fundamental to you is service to others. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you feel like how do you think you're going to get that? In oh, in retirement? Yeah. Oh gosh. So I got a couple of really kind of crazy ideas. Like, so one of them is um, we. I mentioned it before. We've got this. We've got a lake house in Michigan, and, mm -hmm. and um, I love to, um, along with several of my friends, we love to teach people how to water ski. They mm -hmm. never have done that, or solemn ski, or, or mm -hmm. um, um, do any any woodworking. I love to teach people how to how to do that. Um, one of the things that we've thought about is is buying. Um, maybe a separate cabin, mm -hmm. um, a separate place on the lake, and just using it for, um, for uh, folks that need to get away. Um, because the, the lake is a very tranquil place. Oh, yeah. So what I'd love to be able to do is, is say, you know, hey, Ben, you know, um, stay in contact with people at the fire department. Mm -hmm. Hey, y y you, you need a break. Or maybe you and your family need a break. Mm -hmm. Why don't you, um, all you got to do is pay for your way to get there and the place is on me. You know, you can use it. Um, we got a we got a, a couple of boats there. Yeah, that sounds um, like a neat we'll take, idea. We'll take you out on the lake, go out fishing, um, go out skiing. It's a great place to go. You can jog, you can bike, you can snowmobile in the wintertime. I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff to do, and um, you can get away for a while. I'd love to be able to do that for um, for like our pastor. You know, who doesn't have never gets enough time away. Um, uh, folks in the organization that need kind of a respite. Um, what a cool thing to be able to do when I'm retired and I don't have to worry about going back to work, but just maybe be there for other people. Uh, take you on a take you on a bike ride or a tour of the um, uh, of the vineyards in uh, Traverse City. Right. It's <laughs> I like knew Napa you'd have Valley, something right? along those lines. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like Napa Valley only in Michigan, but which is mm -hmm. really cool. I love sh I love sharing that part of the country that a lot of people in Colorado don't ever get to see, and. Um, I just think that'd be a really great way to, to be of service to other people is, hey, um, let us... Sign know. me up. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yep. Well, Chief, Bob, Yeah. it was great. Yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot for visiting. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I, and I purposely wanted to call you Bob, too. It's just connecting, you know, on a human yeah. level well, as well. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, um, I'm, I'm real excited um, about, about the future. Good for you know personally. Good. Yeah. I, I the, 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 there are so many ways. I think there are so many ways to, to um, be of service to others. You just have to open your eyes and look around. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just plenty of opportunity to do that. Great. Yep. All right. Cool. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Ben. On this episode of the Functional Human Podcast. We're joined by Robert Baker. Currently, he's the chief of the department for South Metro Fire Rescue. He's also operated as the operations chief for South Metro. Prior to that, he was the operations chief for Parker Fire, where he began his career in the fire service, working his way up from firefighter through all the ranks to where he finds himself today. So Chief Baker is a really philosophical man, very well read. We talked today about healthy boundaries, 
perceived challenges of being a chief and needing to always be on. Talking about empowering his staff to make decisions in his absence, um, basically forming a succession plan, and how the excitement of the job can actually contribute to burnout. You're so engaged in things you can get run down. And finally, he talks about his prescription for being well as a fire chief or a firefighter in the fire service. So a lot of good nuggets in here, really valuable perspective from someone who's been at it for a long time. So welcome to Chief Baker. We start in talking about maybe a healthier way to be a fire chief and his perspective on it. I hope you enjoy it.